I've got a word from the Lord. I, can I just not preach to you today? Can I prophesy to you today? And for, for those of you who are new and may not understand what that means, I believe that God has downloaded something in me to talk to you about, to move you forward. Not for you to just learn, but for you to an impartation. That means this word is going to go down to your spirit and it's going to activate something that has been dormant and dull and dead in you. And I'm believing that God's going to do something. Turn your Bibles with me to Nehemiah chapter 1. And then we'll go to Nehemiah chapter 2. Uh, Nehemiah 1, 1 through 4, and then Nehemiah 2, 7 through 8. And it says this. It says, these are the memoirs of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. In late autumn in the month of Keslev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. And this is Nehemiah describing this situation. He says, so I asked about the Jews who had returned from captivity, about how things were going in Jerusalem. I'm going to pause right there. I, I want you to think about right now, how are things going in your family? I'm not talking about the Instagram Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter version. How are, things go, how are things going generationally? How are things going in our city? How are things going in our nation? How are things going in our world? I, I would offer to say that things aren't going very well. How are things going with culture? Nehemiah said, I asked about how things were going, and, and so they replied to me and said, things aren't going well. For those who return to the province of Judah, they're in great trouble and distress and, and, and disgrace. So, and it says, the wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And Nehemiah said this, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. It affected me. When I heard this, he said, in fact, I mourned, I fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. To, for Nehemiah says, what can I do about this? God, what do you want to use me to do? And I think so many of us are enamored with our own situations and our own frustrations and our own, you know, distractions that we're not thinking about how are things going generationally. We're thinking about how are things going in my house? But what if God wants to use your house to wake up a generation of houses that are around you? He says, how are things going? So I'm mourning. And he goes on to say in Nehemiah 2, 7 and 8. So Nehemiah, he said, I... So I asked the king for access. I said to the king, if it please the king, let me have some letters addressed to the governors of the province of the west of the Euphrates, instructing them to let me travel safely through the territories on the way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need the timber to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress for the city walls and for a house for myself. And I love how this ends. It says, and the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on Nehemiah. I want to preach to you, Union Church. I want to preach to you, Baltimore. I want to preach to you, Columbia. If you're watching online, from the topic, leader with a letter. Come on, look at the person next to you and says, leader with a letter. Come on, look what your second choice, the one with bad breath on the other side of you and say, leader with a mint. Leader with a letter, Father, I pray that this prophetic word, that it promote us, that it propel us, 
that it provoke us to do something about it. In Jesus' name, amen. Leader with a letter. You see, in this passage of Scripture, Nehemiah, who is a butler, Nehemiah, who is a servant of the king. And let me explain Nehemiah's position. He's a young man. And Nehemiah has a job. And his job is to serve the king by tasting wine to make sure that the king doesn't die, that no one has poisoned the wine. And so his only job would, would, would kind of be is to kind of back his way into the king's court that he wasn't allowed to talk because if he talked, he could not only lose his job, he could be killed in the presence of the king. And so he took his job seriously. And in my story, I could imagine him going home to his wife saying, she said, how did it go today? Well, I served the king wine. <laughs> On Tuesday, how did it go? I served the king wine. What did he say? Can't talk about it. What did you say? I'll get killed if I talk. It's not a good job. Come on, somebody. But his occupation was about to collide with a God destination. God is about to use someone ordinary to do something extraordinary. Uh-huh. God is about to use his assignment to bring him to a greater purpose. I love the fact that because he was in proximity of the king, he actually had the ability to do something about it. I think many of us, we complain about the walls that have been torn down in society. The walls of holiness are in destruction. The walls of, 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 of the blessings of God and the promises of God have been in ruins in some of our neighborhoods and some of our cities, and it is in destruction. The walls of purpose are in ruin. And these walls in Jerusalem, these, these walls represent the presence of God. These walls represent a generation of people walking in the purposes of of God. It is our line here or our, or our thought here at Union Church that we would unite people with purpose. And so people aren't walking in purpose. People have become well-adjusted to culture. People are struggling with their identity and the walls, come on somebody, of knowing who they are and God are in ruin. People are struggling with addiction and fear and, and alcohol and drugs and homelessness is, is, is running rampant and the divorce rates are going up because the walls of marriage are in ruin. The walls of life-giving churches are in ruin because leaders are tired and the weight of trying to rebuild the wall in their city is too much to bear. All, all come on somebody, all alone. And as a leader, there is no manual of how to, 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 to lead a church in a pandemic. And everybody has an opinion. And no one's serving. And the walls of serving the local church are in Ruin. Everybody wants to be known for what they're against, rather what they're for. And the walls of belief and faith are in ruin. And they've been in ruin so long. 
These walls were in ruin for 70 years. It is said that a generation is represented by 25 years. And so for two and a half generations, no one has done anything about it. Uh, and many of us, we've got some strongholds in our family. And, and, and we, we said we're never going to do what our great granddaddy did. And our father said, I'm never going to do what my daddy did. And now we're saying I'm never going to do what my daddy did. But the cycle, come on, somebody, of, of frustration and the cycle of a generational stronghold has not been broken. And I came today to prophetically move you, to prophetically speak to your soul that somebody would say it's going on too long these walls have been in ruin and it stops with me and we can patty cake but if you're not going to get passion for yourself at least get passion for your kids come on somebody Somebody has to say, I'm going to rebuild this wall so my kids aren't dealing with pornography. My granddaddy dealt with it. Come on, somebody. My daddy dealt with it. I dealt with it. But I've got to win over this thing so it stops with me. Nobody in your family has gone to college. Somebody says, i got to break the spirit of not finishing. And we're going to be this, have the spirit of the finisher. And quitting stops with me. We're going to rebuild the wall. He was a leader with a letter. I've come to find how important this is. A letter. Now I know we DMing. Come on, somebody. We Facebooking. We sending messages. But I'm telling y'all, the power of a letter during the pandemic, this something showed up. Just get me out of the house. Let me go to the mailbox. This has been significant in my life. When I was a child, I'm 47 years old. Y'all don't know a whole lot. I, I don't, I'm not very smart. And my wife always says, you're so smart. But I'm talking about like, I've never helped my kids with their homework, ever. <laughs> I got a 620 on my SAT. Uh-huh. I knew you'd laugh. Let me tell you why. I wasn't thinking about school. I was just thinking about today. I was thinking about, I just went in and filled it out. I didn't know I'd get a better grade if I don't fill nothing out. I grew up with dyslexia. I grew up with a learning disability. I was marked in first grade going to second grade. I'll never forget it, Miss Cashman. It's crazy how you can remember a name who spoke death and you're never going to be this and, 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 and you're not smart. And, and I remember uh, getting, I was in second grade, but they put me back in first grade and, and, I, and I struggled through school and I struggled and I couldn't sit. I had ADHD and, and I couldn't sit and, 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 and because of that, I got distracted from my purpose and I hung out with the wrong people and I did the wrong thing. And my mama would send me letters. She would write letters. She'd mail them to our house. 
In those, in those letters, it said, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. I'd open it up. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. In those letters, Brian, it would be, you are the head and not the tail. In those letters, it would, it would have Jeremiah 1.5. I have set you apart, and I have put the words inside of your mouth. And my mama never allowed my behavior to determine my purpose. She never called me outside of what God called me. Come on, Columbia. Come on, BWI. Come on, Baltimore. Can I encourage you that before your parents gave you a name, God gave you a purpose and a destiny. Come on, somebody. Look at your hands real quick. Those lines in your hands that nobody else has that. You are an ambassador. You did not come off some assembly line. Purpose and destiny and freedom and forgiveness. Come on, somebody. And the anointing and the grace of God and the favor of God. He has placed it inside of your hands. I don't care how you got here. Before you took a breath, on earth, God spoke to you in the heavenlies. He says, I've called you. I've anointed you. I've get, come on, y'all. That, that's why I love Jeremiah 29, 11. Whenever I'm down, I say, for I know. I don't care what's going on. I know. I don't care how much money is in the bank. I know. I know the plans that God has for me. I don't care the problem. I got plans. I don't care the pain. I got plans. I don't care the betrayal. I got plans. I don't care how many times I failed. I know the plans I have for you. I love this, declares the Lord. Can I just encourage you real quick? What God says about you, that's what's true about you. Can I just preach here for a second? Somebody needs to get on your feet and says, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Come on, somebody. I'm first and not last. Come on, some. The promises of God are yes and amen inside of me in Christ Jesus. Somebody says, no, real quick. No weapon that is formed against me, my family, it shall prosper. A matter of fact, when you declare that, say everybody connected to me shall be blessed. God says some of y'all need to claim the promises of Abraham. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will curse those who curse you. In you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. My mama spoke over me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I come in the house, Brian, from being out. Don't ask me what I was doing. I was out. <laughs> Where you was at? Out. How long? Out. Who you was with? I was out. What you was drinking? I was out. My mama had anointed my room with oil. I'm not talking about the, the good oil. I'm talking about the leftover Crisco. Uh-huh. If I woke up smelling like chicken, come on, somebody. I knew my mama was in my room. My mama would say, one day you're going to preach the gospel. My mama would say, one day you're going to lay hands and people going to get set free. My mama would say, one day God's going to use you all over the country. She would speak those things that were not as if they already were. And what she was doing is she was putting vision in my heart. You know what? When you got vision, you can't settle for nothing less. Oh my 
When you got a word from God, it irritates you. When you got a word from God, it won't let you date anybody. When you got a word from God, you can't go where everybody else goes. When you got some vision on the inside of you, it don't matter what you're looking at. You see something better than what you're looking Can I just encourage you? Stop allowing what you're looking at to determine what you see. You have vision over your life. Is there anybody that says, I'm not... I, where I am right now is not where I'm going to be next year. Where I am right now is not where. Is there a single person that's got some vision of what God has ordained for you to be with? Is there? Come on, somebody. You may be broke right now, but I dare you to get on your feet and give God about a 15-second praise break that says, I got vision. I may not have money. I got vision. I may not have friends. I got vision. I may not have a job. I got vision. I got vision and it wakes me up every day. I got vision. My mama. I'm prophesying to you. I'm not preaching to you. Uh-huh. You, you feel it stirring yet? Uh-huh. I, I just want to say that stop taking it. The enemy, oh, you, you talking about it all the time. How about you tell the enemy your vision? Keep messing with me. Next, next time this year, you're going to be under my feet. Matter of fact, today, I got vision. You ain't got no vision. You don't even have, come on, somebody, letting the enemy keep you all up at night. You, don't, you forgot that Jesus went to hell. Come on, on a three-day journey. Got the keys to the kingdom. Come on, somebody, to unlock your purpose and unlock your vision. You, you're going to let the devil all up in your house. He ain't even got keys to his own house. You got to send him an eviction notice and tell the enemy, I got vision. I may not got it all together. I got vision. I might cuss sometimes. But I got vision. I'm, oh, y'all don't want to go with me. I know, let me talk to this side. Yeah, that side too perfect. I got some history, but I got vision. I got a past. I need my keyboard player, but I got vision. I done done some stuff, but I got vision. I done hooked up with the wrong people, but I got vision. I done been in some bad places, but I got. I dare you to shake your neighbor in Columbia. Shake your neighbor in Baltimore and say, I got a letter over my life. It's vision. Yeah. Uh -huh. My mama told me to apply for college with a 620. Applied for college, can't read. I applied for college. She sat down and helped me fill out the application. Filled it out. Sent it in the mail. And then I had the audacity to act like I was going to get accepted. She said, you're going to Bible college because you have to prepare for your future. All I knew how to do was play drums. I ain't told the first service this. That's it. I remember playing drums. I'd be sitting behind the drums at, at conferences and at women's events. And, and all of a sudden, I saw people healed and set free and baptized and delivered. And I heard the preached word of God. I couldn't read, but I could hear. 
Oh, I couldn't read God's word, but I was in an environment that I could hear God's word. And all of a sudden, I fell in love with Jesus from sitting behind the drums. And all of a sudden, I went from playing the drums to being a worship leader. And then I went from being a worship leader. Come on, somebody. I still had bad grades. But, but guess what? My mom said, so I was waiting on the letter. A month went by. The letter came. Accepted. Oh, y'all could have oh, bought me for a penny, a nickel, what y'all say? I couldn't believe it. I got accepted. Went to Bible college about a year in. I was home for Thanksgiving. My mama said, that wasn't the first letter that came. I said, what you talking about? She said, well, between the letter of acceptance, there was first a letter of denial. There was a letter that said you don't have the grades. There was a letter that said you're not good enough. There was a letter. That's how I read it. Come on, somebody. That if I had read it, but my mama, between the letter of denial and the letter of acceptance, she intercepted the letter. Guess what she did? My mama from Gambrels, Maryland, went on a three-hour ride, come on somebody, up to Pennsylvania, demanded a meeting with the president, and told the president, I know he don't got the grades, I know he been out, come on somebody, I know, hey, I know that his behaviors don't, they don't add up to his blessing, I know that he's a problem, but he has a purpose, and you're going to accept my son, because one day, my son is going to preach the gospel, one day, God is going to use my son, one day, and, and, and guess what, she convinced, come on somebody, the president of a university to let me in, not because of what was on paper, but because of what was written in heaven called my purpose. I came to tell you at every campus today, the Holy Spirit is giving out letters. The Holy Spirit is saying you have a purpose. The Holy Spirit is saying you're not going to be where you are. The Holy Spirit is saying you're going to rewrite the trajectory of a generation. The Holy Spirit is saying, come on, somebody. You've, there's more inside of you. You are a leader with a letter. A letter. Every time I wanted to quit, you know what I did? I took out the letter. Y'all real talk. When Irene and I were going through 22 years married, I said it's been about the best six years ever because at 15, at 16 years, I wanted to give up on my marriage. I took out my, I still got my letter, y'all. I took out my letter. The Bible says, What does it say, Jimmy? It says, Habakkuk 2 2, right? The vision down. And make it plain. Make it exact. Describe every detail. So that he who runs, or he who reads it, may run with it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and in the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait on it. Have you ever got an important message on the phone? Or God downloads something and you have nothing to write on? Come on, y'all. Oftentimes, I'm on the phone and how God gave me this message. 
I was in the car driving. My, my, my whole family, Maya was in the back seat. I said, Maya, 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 take out your phone. Text it to me. And I started saying, Nehemiah had a letter in his hand. It wasn't his talent. It was a letter. It wasn't his position. It was a letter. It wasn't his skill. It was a letter. He's not even allowed to talk to the king, but now the king's giving him a letter that's giving him access and, 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 and provision, and, and, and he's talking to governors. And I said, text it to me, and I get, I get the text. That's not what God said. Come on, you ever, you ever been looking for God download something in you, or you got to write down a number, you can't find a piece of paper? Come on, somebody. Come on, you're right on the back of a bill. How many of y'all do that? Come on, somebody. You got numbers on the back of a bill. You ain't never opened up the bill. God was about to release something called rain. God needed somebody to build a boat. And he was, look, he was, he was writing something. He's like, where do I write this down? And I, I, I'm trying to preserve the covenant with me and man. I, I, I got it. And what he did, he wrote it on the heart. Of Noah. Noah wasn't a builder. Noah didn't know nothing about a boat. Noah had never seen rain. God wanted to overcome the Midianites. And there was this guy named Gideon. And he was, he was, he wasn't nothing. He didn't have the skills. He didn't have the abilities. But God said, I need somebody who, who will lap like a dog. I need somebody who doesn't worry about being outnumbered. And if you don't know this story, watch 300. It was amazing. I need somebody. Who won't give me their opinion, but just will be obedient. So I'm going to talk to Gideon. And, and God said, no, 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 no. Don't go with a sword. Don't go with a gun. Come on, somebody. Don't go with a Glock. What you're going to have in one hand is a fire pitcher, and the other hand is a trumpet. And Gideon overcame the Midianites because God wrote something in his heart, there was a man named Moses who all he had was a stick and a stutter. Moses didn't even know where he came from. Moses was all jacked up. Moses and God used, he wrote the vision to set the people of Israel free in the heart of a stutterer. And can you imagine Moses going to Pharaoh representing God? God let it didn't matter how he said it he had the authority the authority come on somebody wasn't in his words the authority was in the letter how in the world Ernest does a butler become a wall builder how in the world does a wine taster become an architect how in the world was somebody who's gonna get killed if they talk to King Artaxerxes go and represent the king he was a leader with a letter Right, the vision down. You got to learn how to be a writer. You got to learn how to be a reader so that you can become a runner. Every vision has three components. A writer, you got to learn how to download from God. A reader, I, I can't read, y'all. Only when I'm reading God's word. It is crazy. I'm writing a book and can't read. What? God is using me to preach and I've got a past. What? What? Because there's a word in my heart. And I want you today to pick up your letter. 
Columbia, I want you to write it down. What God says about you. Baltimore, come on, come on, come on. God's got a letter for you. God wants to redeem your family and rebuild the wall of holiness. I love that Nehemiah is in the presence of a king. He could have asked for anything. But what he asked for was a vision. When I read this the first time, I read this scripture a thousand times. I've never seen this. All he had was a letter. Can you imagine this little butler going to a governor? Excuse me. Um, this wall has been in ruins for 70 years, and you have ignored it. I'm going to rebuild it. Can you imagine going to the doctor's office? Um, I know you say I've got cancer. And I know you say, like, I don't have long to live. <laughs> Come on, single people. I, I, I know that I got a past and Christian Mingle ain't working. I know I've been renting my whole life, but God told me to be, come on, the lender and not the borrower. And I know my credit ain't good and I'm applying for this. Is there anybody here that just needs to shut up and I know my past is, I know I got some history. I know I can't spell. I know two churches are not supposed to come together and take, come on, somebody. That's, I ain't got money. I got a letter. My hair ain't done. I got a letter. I need a shape up. I got a letter. I'm a little overweight. I got a letter. Come on, somebody. I can't spell. Is there anybody in the room that knows that God doesn't use you because of you, but he wants to use you in spite of you? I got a letter. I got a letter. I got a letter. He got a vision from God. Y'all, it's hard to preach this message because, like, preaching people tell me I'm supposed to give three points. I got them. I'm going to just give them to you just so I said I gave them to you. Ready? You need a letter of purpose. You need a letter of the presence of God. And you need a letter of protection. Points. Uh huh. I've got goodness and I've got mercy. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. That's all. I've got good and I got mercy. Come on. Hallelujah. Watch this now. I was thinking about this. And I'm 
telling you guys, I, what God's doing right now, I, it's hard to even put into words. Someone like me is supposed to have doors open like they're open. No, 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 I'm, I'm trying to tell you, like, like, when I'm talking to Pastor Stephen, we can't believe what God is doing here at this church. I, I, and so years ago, 2005, I'll talk to you about your letter and why, how Nehemiah did this. How do you rebuild a wall that's been ruined for 72, 70 years and 52 days? 2005, around there, my wife, 2004, said we pregnant. I was like, no, you pregnant. <laughs> we only plan to have two kids. Come on, somebody. But she was like, I know my body. I'm like, no, you don't. 2005, Maya, my last, hopefully. <laughs> she was due. And we were also buying and closing on a house. Y'all can stand to your feet. Come on, every campus. And I said to, I said to uh, my wife, I said, our closing is scheduled the day that you are due. And I'm supposed to be in the title office, not the delivery room. Come on, somebody. And, she, and, and, and I told y'all, I'm not that bright. And I was like, nervous, what are we going to do? Because I know I needed to be there in the, del in the delivery room. And so Maya came a day early, y'all. And I was like, look what the Lord has done. So I was like, I'm going to be able to be at closing. But what I didn't know is Irene was on the title and on the mortgage. I needed her credit. Come on, somebody. I told y'all I was a little jacked up to get approved for the house. I'm like, what are we going to do? And the lawyer told me that there was something called the power of attorney. I didn't know what that was. I said, tell me about it. He said, so what happens is, is we're going to get Irene to sign a document. That document is going to be authenticated. Come on, somebody. It's going to be co-signed. Then she doesn't have to physically be present. But she is spiritually present. It's as if she is there when she's not there. I said, what are you going to give me? He said, I'm going to put it in an envelope and give you a letter. My God. And I started thinking about you on your job. And you and your family. And you at lost people. They don't know that you have a power of attorney. So when you show up angels show up the presence of God shows up and somebody needs to know just like that old Verizon commercial you got a network behind you because the presence of God has authenticated you so you are never alone you are not by yourself when you show up God's presence is with you you have the power of attorney come on Baltimore come on BWI come on Columbia I'm telling you right now that God is with you and when his presence is with you nothing can stop you I dare you right now to give God some praise right now and say I'm gonna walk in the call that is on my life I'm gonna do what God says I'm gonna do I'm gonna be who God says I'm gonna be I'm gonna go where God says I'm gonna go no devil in hell is going to be able to stop me yes I got a past but my purpose is bigger than my past my future is greater than my fear 
just wanted to prophesy. I feel this for you. I feel this for our church. No eye has seen and no ear has heard what God has in store for you. I know some of y'all don't believe me and you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I dare you to take on a posture right now that says, God, reign down on me. Right now, I want y'all to put your hands up. God, right now, I break every generational curse. I plead the blood of Jesus, and we draw a bloodline around every household, around every marriage, around every child. May no harm come to anybody that hears this word or is connected to anybody that is in this house. We plead the blood of Jesus, and we prophesy, and we pray the word that says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. The Bible says then God will hear from heaven, forgive sins, and heal your land. I come against every generational cycle, the generational curse of addiction, the generational curse of divorce, the generational curse of insecurity and fear and anxiety and diabetes. We cancel it in the mighty name and the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, singers, y'all come back up. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I believe right now, oh my God, that there are some lost people. There are some nomadic people that we're we about to shout welcome home. And there's been some distance in your relationship with God. And you've been walking and you've tried this and you've tried that. And you've tried to satisfy that yearning on the inside of your soul that, that, was, that knows that you were created for more. It is only the one who created you that can speak to your purpose and speak to your significance. And if you know that there's distance in your relationship with God and you want to hit a reset button and you want to say to Today is the day of my salvation. Today is the day of my freedom. I want everybody at every campus and online to repeat after me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Say, Jesus, set me free. Say, Jesus, deliver me from me. Say, Jesus, show up in my mind. Say, Jesus, show up in my heart. Say, Jesus, show up in my soul. Say, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are my Lord and you are my Savior in the name of Jesus. And everybody said a good amen. Surely goodness. And I got mercy. Come on, let's sing it. Christians in here. How many of y'all are Ravens fans? Okay. How many of y'all cheer at a football game or at a basketball game? Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand. I thought about this in between services. We cannot give man more praise for the acts on a playing field than we do for God. Come on, somebody who has brought heaven to earth. And I believe that this next praise that we are going to give is going to shake the very foundations of your generation and of your family. And guess what? Your praise on your road, you're going to break something.
of somebody else that is on your row. So on the count of three, I'm asking everybody under the sound of my voice to give God a show enough praise that is a strong 